Welcome back to our Behind the Pouch podcast, supported by abiggerlife.com. We are back for some more honest, unscripted chat on Ostomy, with another guest coming up very shortly. I hope you've been enjoying our first few episodes as we talk to different ostomates from around the world. Our goal from the start of this podcast has always been to give a platform to those with a stoma to tell their story as we've listened, learned and had a few laughs along the way. You are, of course, joined by myself as usual, a stoma care nurse here in Ireland. And me, Shona, from the team here in Belfast. It's been quite the journey so far, Lou, as we've jumped from South Wales to Sydney already. <laughs> we've heard along the way how social media can be such a positive medium for both new and established ostomates seeking advice and support, as well as those who are considering stoma surgery to help them determine whether a stoma is the right choice for them. I also think it's great to hear such positive stories from those who are defined as an ostomate, but who haven't let being an ostomate define who they are. There are so many great people out there raising awareness for ostomy, as well as ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease and bile cancer. And hopefully we're doing our bit and flying the flag here at Behind the Pouch. Before we begin, remember to check out the community at abiggerlife.com after you've listened to us on the podcast, of course. So without further ado, please join us as we go Behind the Pouch. I'm delighted yes. to welcome Claire May as our guest today. Claire is a married mother of two from Nottingham, England. She's been a long-time sufferer of Crohn's colitis since her early 20s and has been an ostomate since April 2016. Since acquiring her stoma, Thomas, more on him in a bit, Claire has really taken to online blogging where she's documented her own IBD journey as well as offering a range of helpful tips for other ostomates. She aims to raise awareness of all things stoma and IBD and to show the world that life doesn't have to end after a traumatic event, it just changes. Since her surgery, Claire has continued to work in her local opticians as well as finding time, when her family allows of course, for her passion for reading. We welcome Claire B to the pod. Claire, you're Hello. very welcome. Hi. 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 Well, it's great to have you with us, Claire. Thank you. Um, so maybe you could start off with telling us what life was like before your stoma in 2016 and help okay. our li listeners out there understand your journey before, you know, arriving at that point. Right, yeah. So it started off, I was probably, yeah, like, like I'm in my late teens thereabouts. And I still think what started it all off was when I had my purse stolen and it caused me to be quite unwell because I had lots of things in that purse. I was in town with some friends and I remember going to the bar, um, getting my purse out ready to pay for my drinks and it had gone. The bag was open and it was awful okay. because I'd got some train tickets to see my sister the next day and various other things in there which were important. So I feel sure that that's what triggered it. And um, I became quite unwell. Um, I still went to see my sister in London. I was unwell there, started with um, diarrhea and bits and bobs that I could just tell under my eyes were quite dark and I just wasn't feeling great. And when I got back mm -hmm. home after a couple of days, things got worse and I got a pain in the bottom right of my tummy um, and then I was being sick and I was so ill I had to have the doctor out who thought at the time it was an appendicitis. So I had mm -hmm. to go into hospital, I went on the ward and they um, said it was... Um, Crohn's colitis well they weren't sure which one they said it was IBD eventually and I was in and out of hospital 10 days at a time very poorly um, and then eventually um, I got married I had my children I had the odd flare here and there and the ho odd hospital stay which isn't very nice when you've got young kids um, but mm -hmm. I remember um, 
when I did start to feel a bit better, they'd put me on azathioprine, which was an immunosuppressant and various steroids and things. And then I actually had about uh, 12 years in remission, uh, pretty much remission. There were the odd little hiccups, but nothing major. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we decided to come off the immunosuppressant because obviously if you're on it for a long time, it doesn't do you much good. And because mm-hmm. I was so well, we thought we'd give it a go and come off it. Well, that was unfortunate because that was in 2015, late 2015, and I actually started to flare again. Uh, it started off with proctitis to start with, then it crept up, and I ended up being off work from the December of 2015 because I'd had a bit of a thing at work where I missed the toilet and it was all horrible. But anyway, mm. um, I managed to... The work's been brilliant. Uh, they've known about it anyway for a long while, but they, they were brilliant. Anyway, I was off getting worse and worse until probably about April when I became so poorly, not, nothing was working medication-wise, that, and then I started to not be able to wee. And um, obviously, sepsis is a big thing at the moment. I was a little bit scared uh-huh. of that. My husband saw me getting really poorly, losing a lot of weight, and so he ended up, he took me to A&E. And um, on the Saturday, the surgeon came to see me and just said, look, Claire, that bowel needs to come out. How about tomorrow? Well, I was, I was petrified. <laughs> I'd never had surgery in my life. I knew it was coming, but it was still scary to hear it from him. He mm-hmm. said because I was so unwell, he wouldn't be able to remove the rectum and anus at the same time uh, because it doesn't heal very well when you're poorly. Um, and I'd have to have open surgery. And it was a Sunday morning. And um, off I went, petrified. And yeah. that was it. woke up in high dependency unit for four days, which he told me I would be because I was so unwell. Yeah. Um, I woke up still having the tube down my throat um because of the the bile and being sick I don't remember much of those four days to be honest because I wasn't really all there I just remember my sister coming in and my family and she whispered in my ear Claire you've done it because she knew I was so scared and I would come out the other end and I was alive um and then things did get a little bit worse because and this is all because I was so ill not not for any other reason Um, my wound opened up and I had to be packed for about six months um, and then I had what they call a rectal stump blowout because my rectum was so severely diseased, the stitching didn't hold and I ended up with sepsis. So I had to have a rectal catheter through that bit of rectum that had blown into my pelvic cavity to drain it out. And that stayed in for quite a few months, even when I came home. Mm-hmm. So I was in hospital for about 10 weeks. All in all, I had to have a feeding tube because I couldn't eat. But when I came home, all that came out and my husband got me a wheelchair and we just because I couldn't walk I was so weak and we just daily went to our local river and I walked for a little bit at a time and then got back in the chair and it was kind of like that yeah um, obviously just stop that way mm-hmm. yeah I mean obviously I've had a lot of problems since then but it's all down to being so unwell if I'd have had it done sooner I feel sure I'd have coped yeah. with it a lot lot better because well, the actual just... sober has been brilliant it's all the yeah. complications from that Exactly. The complications, you know, it's really interesting just, you know, that you were saying that you were actually diagnosed very quickly by the sounds of it. Well, fairly, yes. I mean, as soon as they saw me and did a rectal examination, various other things in my 20s, they said it's not appendicitis. You often get appendicitis pain or or in that area. Um, But they didn't. Luckily, they didn't do the surgery immediately thinking it was appendix. Because I was being sick as well and had the runs. I think that's what stopped them in the tracks and thought hang on a minute yes <laughs> but again like like Keith there wasn't a really a lot about Crohn's and colitis in those days for me 
Um, yeah. I remember the Crohn's and Colitis UK, they were called NACC, National Association for Colitis and Crohn's at the time. Mm-hmm. And that was the only orga- organisation that I knew that they gave me a leaflet on and I joined that. Yes, and so, you did that. And yeah. at the, um, you know, so the stoma was, was basically out of your control then, the decision. Yes, it was, it was yes. Semi, semi-emergency. I mean, uh-huh. I knew it was probably coming, but I didn't know it was going to be that quick and I was going to be that mm-hmm. ill. Because I don't think they they really thought I was going to be that ill because I didn't actually have total colitis or Crohn's all in in the whole of the large bowel. It was all up the left side, but it was um, very severe. They said. Yeah. And how, for how surgery, did come, how did you come with that? Um, you know that the prospect of of having a stoma. Did, were you looking at it as you know a good thing, or what were your thoughts around I that? I was at looking that time? at it as a good thing because. All those years of in and out the toilet and missing the toilet and being, you know, it's just it's really horrible to have sort of bowel problems. It really is. And what even even during my remission all those years, I still got the odd thing where I'd have a meal and then that was it. I'd have to go to the loo and it all ran out. I, I wasn't yeah. so ill, but it, it, it was always there. And it made me quite an anxious person. And I ended up having quite big anxiety over it and had to have um, counselling for that because I struggled I was having, I was using things as crutches, like taking a, a bag out with me in case I was sick. And so yeah. I ended up not very good um, mentally for a little bit uh, whilst I had the Crohn's and colitis. I think it's a horrible disease, really is. So having the stoma, yeah, I, I, I couldn't wait, but I was frightened, obviously, because I'd never had surgery before and it was a big surgery. But oh. my family all um, rooted for me. They all said, look, get it done. You need it doing uh, yeah, they were all there for me. It was brilliant. So I thought, yeah, this is it. I've got to have it done. Mm-hmm. So you were done. you were mentioning there about you know sort of you know initially then just after surgery. So if we if we move on and talk about yeah. what was yeah, life really was like in those first few days, the first few days, like I say, for four days I was in the high dependency unit, and I re- I only remember bits and bobs of that. Um, it was fine still, but still scary but I'd had the surgery I was alive as far as I could see that was the main thing for me yeah well stoma wasn't Mm -hmm. a big issue for me um I I did have an epidural for pain relief so I couldn't feel anything down there as well um I'd got a bit of elias where I wasn't my bowel wasn't working yet so the stoma wasn't really causing any much issue but I do remember yeah when my when my stoma nurse when when I moved on to the ward I remember my stoma nurse coming to see me again and um, it took me quite a few couple of weeks really before I wanted to even look at it just because I was so nervous <laughs> not because yeah. I felt repulsed I was just dead nervous about seeing it on my body so she yeah. would um, change it for me until I felt well enough to to have a go and then they, they told my husband to come in as well and watch in case he wanted to help which he is quite happy with things like that. Um, well done yeah. well done so this uh, you really didn't get the time you know to prepare mentally really. as you say you were struggling anyway so a Sunday emergency surgery yeah. is a lot to take on board yeah you're in this position very flat out you're in alias you you know your bowel isn't you know active at this time you've a no. lot going on with worry but I think in the back of your mind you probably had that ease of but it's um, under control you yeah, know but it's I'm, been I'm, done. I'm cared I'm for after. I'm in the right place yeah, yeah. we're on the road for recovery yes it's so a long it's road but it was a road fabulous yeah Mm. and you had your stoma nurse there so little by little she was amazing 
sometimes it doesn't happen overnight that obviously you want to just get out there and, and tackle it. But it sounded by little by little yourself and maybe your husband, um, you know, got on board. Did you have the support you needed? Do you I feel, have. you know, that you were supported by your friends, family and those within the hospital? You were. I, I had a very good um time of it really the nurses yeah. were amazing on the ward I had the best ward it was a I think for me in Nottingham um our hospital actually had a colorectal ward and I know some of the other hospitals don't necessarily so yeah. they were absolutely on the ball with it the yeah, same nurse was utterly amazing and, and we're still friends to this day I still oh, see her occasionally fantastic. she's amazing yeah I and mean, we I don't know she was there when I had a because I had to have a feeding tube after a few weeks because I still uh-huh. wasn't eating very well and I, I the other tube I had, I was actually asleep, but this one I had to be awake. So that yeah, was a bit of a... Yeah. <laughs> but she was great. She sat with me while I had it done and managed to get it down oh, there. So. And I was reading there an article that you wrote. You mentioned, you know, that the brochures you received when you first left hospital, you know, it was kind of, I suppose, strange for you that the stoma, you know, on the perfect, yes. you know, the little piece of paper that they yeah, gave you, yeah. looked cute. There's nothing like that. Like, so but it I think gave that, you the wrong impression. It, I uh-huh. think it did, yeah, because since then, when I've seen lots of other people's stomas and, and myself, yeah. it's nothing really like that. There's a the very odd one who's lucky enough to have a perfect little bud of a stoma. You said it. You said <laughs> In general, it's uh-huh. not like that particularly. Yeah. And how did that make you feel? Were you kind of feeling like, hey, I've been lied to or this is just not real? Or did that kind of empower you to kind of share how, you know, I suppose your awareness and, yeah, you know, going I think online. it empowered me to share. I, yeah, It didn't actually frighten me to see mine. It did initially, but then you soon get used to it. That initial uh-huh. look, you think, oh, God, what's that coming out of my body kind of thing? Yeah, but eventually yeah. it really is. You've just got to look at it. It's still part of you. It's just come out a bit. Yeah. What was in there, you know, it's still your body. It's nothing grim. Of course, but I think it's a really good point to share to the listeners out there that, you know, I see and have seen hundreds of stomas and mm. you know what, there is none that are particularly, you know, alike. Yeah, Everyone is different, different and, you know, yeah. they can change from morning to night, you know, yourself. Yeah. So it's a matter of it is very hard to to look at a magazine or a brochure and especially, you know, have that kind of perfect, um, you know, idea in your mind. Yeah. So yeah. looking back, do you feel, you know, support could have been better or any little changes that you would look back on if you know kind of how it would have been easier for you uh I suppose offering some sort of counseling either just before or just after or or even when you're a few weeks in um I have friends who've contacted me because they're having a hard time and they don't know about what's out there to help can't get hold of right. the stoma nurses or they, they they were given one product when they left the hospital and they thought that was it they didn't know there was millions of other things out there so I think a little yeah. bit of and also just to make them assured that things are, are fine and they can be dealt with it's horrible yeah. when I see people with skin problems or other stoma problems and mm-hmm. they're just struggling along they, they they need to be seen it's not normal to have that yeah, that's actually a really want... good point, Claire. Yeah. A really good point. I mean, I would speak to people quite a lot who just seem to think, you know, well, I have a stoma now, so I have to be prepared for these problems. Yeah, so... that's my lot, and that's it. Well, I don't yeah. agree. Mm. I don't agree either. You know, there's there's so much out there, and yeah. it's just an education piece, and that you know that education needs to be brought to people. Yeah, I mean, it might take a while for things to become right, and you find the right products for you, but yeah, you know, they're there. For I'm sure, sure they are. 
Exactly, yeah. exactly. There's a product out there for everybody. Yeah. No two people are the same. You know, no two people's stomas look alike. No, no you're right. Regards to their products, mm. you know. I definitely. mean, I've got an extra problem with mine. I've got a little, well, it's a bigger fistula at the base of my stoma, so output comes out of there as well. Yeah. So and that wow. started. That okay. was a few days after surgery, and I, again, I think it's because I was so poorly. But I still yeah. got it now, and I'm because the bag's so good, I can cope with it. Yeah, you can. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're yeah, mentioning you... surgery, and I'm a bit apprehensive about that because I think the actual stoma works brilliantly. I can eat what I want. I don't have blockages. So I think you know, if if they do move it or change it because of the fistula, am I going to get a bad yeah. stoma if you like that doesn't exactly. work as well? Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's always the risk, isn't it? Yeah. But, so yeah. at the minute, I'm happy because my skin's all right and I'm coping. I'm happy to stay. He said there's no need to have it done if I'm. He said don't mend what isn't broken, kind of thing. So yeah. that's how I'm looking at it. Yeah, absolutely. And well what about done. what about life now, Claire? Do you know, t- how, how has life changed for um, you now? What's it like four years on? To be honest, it's so much better. Not so much. Well, health as well, although I've had that other surgery. I don't know if you know about it from a rectal vaginal fistula. So I've had quite a big flap surgery. Mm-hmm. But even mm-hmm. that's healing. Um, it's, I think it started off, um, I was a few days back home and a friend of mine said, oh, she knew somebody who was a similar situation to me, had a stoma, but she'd had it quite a few years. Would I like to ring her? And I said, oh, yeah, I'd love to. So I gave mm-hmm. her a call and that started my journey, stoma journey, meeting lots of people because she used to go out to a, a young ostomy evening where they'd all meet up and have a meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went various other places. I don't know if you know about that show called Gutted, which is about no, someone with a stoma. It, went, it did the rounds last year and it was really, really funny. It was a one woman show about the stoma okay. and bowel problems. Same, so we, great. We went, yeah, we went to see that and we've become friends ever since and... I also joined the um, Ileostomy Association as our local young IA rep. Well so, yeah, I've, I've ended up meeting lots of people with stomas and probably helping them a little bit more than because that's what well, you yeah. want to do. You know, when you've it's got through it and you've, you've tried different things in the work, you want to kind of pass that mm-hmm. knowledge on a bit. So I you feel my life is so much better because, A, I've got this a bigger life, which does help me um, meet people and chat about different things. I don't know, it's just probably better for me. Yeah, and that, then, is it important, sorry, is it important um, that support for you, Claire? Because obviously you're doing a lot of the supporting other people and helping other people. Do yeah. you get a lot back from that in terms of support for you? Yes, I do. I mean, my friends and family are utterly amazing. Uh, my, my best friend, she actually was there when I first saw my stoma when because she happened to come and visit me and she's very open and stuff. And I said, oh, you stay as well. So she stayed and had a look. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, they came to see him in the hospital regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband's been fantastic. My kids, obviously, I was quite lucky. They were a little bit older. They weren't like young kids. So they, they kind of knew what was going on. And they mm-hmm. were very good as well. Everyone's been amazing. I, I've been very, very lucky. Very and lucky. And what about Thomas? Mm-hmm. Thomas, yeah. One. Tell us a little bit about. I want to just plug in there about you know the name of Thomas and yeah, you know, how um, did you arrive at that name and tell us a bit about the blog. Well, weirdly, um, when my stoma nurse came round us and I said to her, oh, me, me and my friends, there was two girls on the ward as well who'd had stomas, and we said, oh, we're discussing naming our stomas, 
And she goes, oh, I think he looks like a, a Tommy. Tommy the Stomer, she said. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, oh, I God. suppose. But I thought I'll call it Thomas, uh, T-O-M-A-S, because it's an anagram of Stomer. So it's a bit of play on words. Amazing. And that's what stuck, really. So I, I found this little app that you could make a little well what looked like a stoma and with eyes and that and I thought right that's it he's a his own character now <laughs> I love it absolutely very good so and then do you write your stories then to share with others as your yeah. way of support yes yes from the day one really uh, well it wasn't day one but when mm. I was out of hospital and well I thought oh I'm gonna write about my time there so I started off on the ward and all those kind of things I mean some of the memories are a little bit iffy from back then mm-hmm. because I was a bit unwell but as things have gone on my writing's been a little bit better I think so you, you know, get used to it don't you and with writing and it comes mm-hmm. pouring out then all the different things I do write about the bad as well yeah I think uh, that's important I, I don't know I just think yeah you can't yeah. they can't all be flowery no we don't all have a good day every day no, some days no, I do write aren't. about all the other things and also about the complications I've had because some like the rectal stump blowout was quite rare mm-hmm. so if anyone needs to was typing it in they'd be able to find it and know that somebody yeah. else had had similar and I think that's that's such an important thing as well because nobody wants to feel alone on no. their journey. No, because when I Definitely looked not. looked up on the yeah, rectal stump blowout, there was I think there was one other person who wrote a little bit about it, mm-hmm. and then that okay. was it. I couldn't find anything else, but I did, I did on the um, medical um, yes websites and that. On that. So. And have you had much feedback? You know, you know, do people get in touch about the blog? Yeah, yeah, I've had quite a few um, well emails or comments on the blog um yeah it's building up nicely yeah it's good and I'm sure it's a real inspiration to people oh hopefully yeah absolutely I don't like to feel that I'm inspirational per se I don't because I think that word makes me feel a bit embarrassed because there's other people (laughs) who've been through things but if I can help anyone or if someone's read it and thought oh yeah that's me I need to get hold of her and talk to her about it then that's good yeah, well, I think that's yeah. the, the, you know, what inspirational is, Claire. So, you yeah. know, I, I definitely, <laughs> you're just you're coming along modest. Yeah, <laughs> modest but just talking about coming a long way then. So we've already discussed, it's been four years since your stoma surgery. Yeah. And obviously you're now a very established yeah. estimate. Yes, I feel I am. <laughs> so if I take you back then to just before your surgery, if you had a time machine, knowing what you know now, haven't had the experiences that you've had, if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice before your stoma surgery, what would that be? Um, to push for yourself. Um, as in, I think I sh- probably should have had surgery a little bit sooner and not had so many complications. So if you're feeling that unwell and no one's really fully listening, you've got to be your own advocate and push and let them know how you're feeling rather than yeah. going oh yeah okay then yeah, <laughs> just I grinning th- and bearing all the awful things yeah I, so I, I can understand that because I think a lot of the time you know because we're not you know we're not qualified yes you can't medical professionals be right and that's it I'm not saying they were wrong no but I'm just saying I do feel you should be given the chance to maybe at least talk to a surgeon about it and Mm -hmm. discuss Mm -hmm. a little bit more about that side of thing because um what they really want to do is try and medicate you so it works when really I think surgery is another option Mm -hmm. 
another medicine really, if you really, like rather than the yeah. last resort of oh god i've got to have surgery it should be another you know yeah. this can still be make you better. yeah not a not a last resort yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely not that's, that's really interesting really yeah. interesting yeah. just for that very definitely. important that's something that has come up actually when you think oh, back to the people we've talked to in the pod no but just about the emergency and about the plans and it yeah. seems like people got to go really downhill yes before it they'll to be you know kind of picked it. up so yeah. it might be something that hopefully is changing and yes. I think with a lot of awareness and a lot of change and you know kind of people knowing more about people out there with stomachs yeah the end of the world. how much life so, like, is but better yeah, not having to go to the toilet yeah. and worry about all those kind of things and the pain and all that yeah. that's all gone so it, it comes back to awareness but like it is hard as you say yourself you could have been a little bit more prepared if mm. you were kind of on a baseline of you know being well and going yes, for elective I think I surgery should have been well. making yeah. this choice rather you know it being an emergency surgery mm. on a Sunday so that's a really important part to take you know from this and uh, hopefully there might be others that might have had or you know going through a few flares ups and downs you know to maybe decide or go through a decision of you know a, a, a chat with the surgeon yeah. along the way so yeah. very very interesting to take from that well mm-hmm. I think it Thank makes you. their job worse yeah. if you've got someone yeah. so ill do you know what I mean yeah. rather than someone yeah, who's right. kind of a little bit more stable absolutely that would bounce back from surgery yeah. with a yeah. well baseline no, I'd have sure. a better experience and kind of a little bit better oh yes I've got a steamer I'm happy you know what I mean? yeah yeah asking for this no it's really really interesting Claire so Thomas is good right now and you know yes. despite having Thomas and a little fistula and everything going on you know your positive attitude is you know as the word said inspirational you are inspirational so oh, you. you know that that is just lovely to you know hear great well Claire thank you so much for joining us today um thank you for having me it's been lovely chatting to you and just finding out more about you and um, you know our sincere thanks for sharing your story and you know putting that message out there so shona uh it was fabulous to speak with claire there today it was interesting so interesting to get another ostomates perspective on their journey um, a few of the major important parts that I picked out today were that, you know, it's OK to be scared of surgery. It's totally natural. It was good that she expressed that she had anxiety and thinking about the possibility of this surgery and also the anxiety that she'd experienced immediately following the surgery as she adjusted to her life with this new stoma. So she was very much so an emergency case, which is difficult. So she highlighted that counselling in the early days would have just benefited her greatly. You know, uh, finally, Claire made an interesting point that she wished that surgery had been she wished, you know, the surgery had been suggested earlier rather than grinning and bearing it for many years with medication management and surgery really was seen as a last resort for her when she was so low. So from this chat, we can see that, yes, surgery does have its ups and downs. We want to take from this that everyone's journey is different, as we said, that every stoma is different, too. So therefore, the recovery can be different, taking into account individual complications. So I just, you know, I enjoyed the chat today. I just thought Claire was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, really great points there, Louise. Totally agree. And I'd just like to thank Claire again for sharing her story with us here today. You can find out more about Claire by checking out her blog, Thomas, T-O-M-A-S, thestoma.co.uk, or by going to her Twitter or Facebook page, at Thomas the Stoma. So that brings us to the close of another episode of Behind the Pouch. 
More content will be on the way as we continue to hear from a variety of international ostomates telling their stories. Remember to hit the subscribe button to be kept up to date with new episodes. And please do give us feedback with a rating or a review. As always, we encourage our listeners to head to abiggerlife.com, which is open 24-7 and has lots of advice, tips and shared experiences. You can also get in touch via the usual email address, hello at abiggerlife.com. Thanks for listening and join us again soon.